It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. We are special breakfast people here at Pantsu Politics, but not just when Beth and I are on the road. The truth is I want something warm from the oven every Saturday morning and Sunday morning. It's just the truth. It makes it feel special, makes it feel exciting. I don't want to work at it. So the first time I ever saw Wild Grain, which is bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. I was obsessed. You guys, I've been a member for over a year. It's amazing. It's so easy. Every item bakes from frozen in 25 minutes or less. No thawing required. You can fully customize your Wild Grain box. You can choose any combination of breads, pastas, pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. And for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit to start your subscription. Sometimes I make one single croissant just for me because I want to feel special and they're so good. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit. That's wildgrain.com slash pantsuit. Or you can use promo code pantsuit at checkout. Do you want a bra that's sexy? Or a bra that's comfortable. Thanks to Third Love, you can have both. Third Love was started to take all the frustration, ick, and ugh out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem, aka problems. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school, get smoothing you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. And they've even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit right. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get 15% off your order with code PODCAST15. Michael Flynn resigned. Andrew Pudzer withdrew. President Trump keeps tweeting and telling us everything's okay. We'll consider that in today's episode. This is Sarah. I'm a progressive. And Beth, I'm a conservative. You're listening to Pantsu Politics. No shouting, no insults, plenty of nuance. things happened. Is that a good summary? Some things happened and people have some feelings about those things. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I have lots of questions about those things. And here we are. I also have questions about those things. Show over, everybody. Thanks for joining us. (laughs) Good episode. (laughs) You know what? That's the only way to keep it evergreen at this point. That's the only way to stay relevant. I'm not even (laughs) looking for evergreen. I'm looking for like ever, ever week. Like just can you... Just okay, maybe week is too greedy. How about like two to three days, or even just like the time it takes for us to put the music into the episode? If it could that would still also be work. relevant by the time that job is done. What we're trying to put to voice here is what many of you are probably feeling, which is that shit's gotten a little crazy. 
I think that is an excellent summary. <laughs> Maybe that should be so, the title okay. of this episode. So we're going to kind of freeform today because there are so many things happening. And we're going to start, I think, with Mar-a-Lago, or as President Trump would have us call it, the Winter White House, except that it's not. Except that it's not. And I have to pay for you to go to it every weekend. Sorry. So the big news about Mar-a-Lago this week is that uh, diners in the private club who have paid $200,000 a piece to join the club, posted pictures of President Trump and Prime Minister Abe reacting to North Korea's uh, missile test on Facebook, which is just generally not how this works. Not even just reacting. It's that they brought the Situation Room out in front of everybody and people were taking selfies with the guy who holds the nuclear football. What? So the White House says that they did not have classified materials out, that they were not discussing a response to the crisis, that the photos are of them discussing the logistics of a news conference to talk about the North Korean missile test. All of this said, it just seems like maybe staying in Washington, D.C. for a couple weeks in a row would be a good plan. Yeah, because it's I mean. It's like somebody up and decided to sell memberships to Camp David. I can't believe that we're having to have a conversation about the fact that it's inappropriate for you to profit personally from membership in a club that allows access to you as president. I mean, that's what this is at this point. Everybody knows you're coming every weekend. You doubled the membership. You get the money. This is problematic. Well, and my biggest problem with it is the security infrastructure there. If he is truly going to use Mar-a-Lago this way, and that is his plan, and he wants it to be the Winter White House, then as a taxpayer, I don't like this, but I would prefer to spend the money to make it the Winter White House and shut it down to private membership, right? Mm -hmm. If you're going to be there with world leaders like this, You don't need, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Jones having some caviar at the next table before their next round of golf. It's it's important that he have space to work because he's never going to be off work. And so I just I don't I don't see the I'm I'm with you. How are we even having this discussion that? Well, and I do have a problem with you. I don't want to spend the money to turn this into a secure place for you. And I most certainly don't want to spend money to do that and to secure Trump Tower. It's too much money. I want it's you to stay in money. Washington and do your job. That That's Seriously. what I want. But if this is going to happen, I'm just trying to live in the new reality, right? If if this is going to be a thing, then let's put all the protocols in place necessary for it to be a safe thing. And I think it's really, really important for Republicans in Congress to take this very seriously because we cannot be all over Hillary Clinton's emails and not be over the security be all over the security concerns surrounding this White House and their communications. So I do believe that Jason Chavitz has uh, launched an investigation into this circumstance. Is that correct? Is that what he you has? I I he was, has yeah. he has Finally. requested information about this, and I I think he is getting enough pressure from his constituents. You know, in Utah, they don't suffer fools lightly. That's mm. what I think, mm-hmm. and I think he's getting pressure from his constituents. And I think I would like to think he genuinely cares about security protocols and that we can get through some of this, but I I see so many photographs of the way that the Trump administration works. It it looks very much like how pantsuit politics works. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) 
just, I've got some devices, I've got a minute, I'm going to pull some things up, and I, I don't know, I'm worried about it. Well, and I think that the idea that you would be, first of all, I don't believe you when you tell me it's not classified inv- um, information because you guys lie. Let's just put that, I'm just going to be upfront about that. And that you would be like shining cell phone lights on classified information so he could read it when that is not just a flashlight. It's like a little tiny spy we all carry in our pockets. Oh. But it doesn't actually matter because uh, we have some people, real live people, not cell phones, compromised that were working in the White House anyway. So Michael Flynn resigned, as probably everyone knows by now. He resigned, according to President Trump, who spoke about this today in a news conference, he resigned not because he spoke with Russian officials about potentially lifting sanctions on Russia prior to President Trump's inauguration, but because he he lied to Vice President Pence about having done so. Which he knew he'd done for several weeks. President Trump today said that, of course, he was talking with Russian officials and President Trump would have directed him to do so. That was absolutely appropriate. And the media, the fake news media, has treated Michael Flynn terribly, which is a bit confusing to me since President Trump is the person who fired him. It was a crazy crazy news conference with the president today about Michael Flynn's resignation and about everything else happening in the world. And I'm just not sure how to pull anything meaningful out of it. I'm really not. Well, if by appropriate you mean in violation of the law, then it starts to make more sense. Unfortunately, that and has never been the definition of the word appropriate. So, to say that you would have, which I personally believe you did direct Michael Flynn to talk to Russia about sanctions in violation of the law. Now, in full disclosure, I don't think you knew that law or that that would be a violation of the law, but it doesn't change the reality that it was. And that in connection with increasing intelligence coming from the intelligence community that the Trump campaign was in contact with Russian officials and the Russian intelligence community throughout the campaign leads me to a situation in which, you know, especially when you're reading reports that the intelligence community is not passing information along to the president because it does not believe that the White House is secure, this is all becoming increasingly dangerous. Well, and President Trump wants the story to be that the intelligence community is leaking, that the intelligence community is out of control, that the intelligence community needs to be restructured. And look, that may all very well be. I think this is one of those circumstances where both things can be true. We have Fox News and the conservative media talking about leaks in the intelligence community. And we have the rest of the media talking about possible connections between Trump's administration and Russia, as though those two things are mutually exclusive, and they're not. I think that what we're seeing unfold is a real manifestation of tension 
among the people who, who reside within the executive branch, you know, mm-hmm. and and it is highly possible that Michael Flynn did something completely inappropriate, if not in direct violation of the law. I'm not an expert on the Logan Act. I cannot speak to whether his actions violated it or not. From what I understand, they did. But I but I don't know. Right. And and I always want to start, especially with respect to matters of national security, from a place of acknowledging the many, many things that I do not know, the many pieces of information I don't have. So I don't want to analyze that incorrectly. So let's take on face value that Michael Flynn maybe made a mistake, but it wasn't an illegal mistake. Let's just start there. Fine. There are still reasons to be concerned about the connections between the administration and Russia. At the very best case scenario, there is the appearance of impropriety and a crisis of confidence for much of the country about this administration, right? And on the other hand, I, there is obviously a crisis of confidence around the within and around the intelligence community. And I think both of those things can exist simultaneously and both of those things can merit investigation. And we don't have to talk about any equivalency between them because they are both big damn deals that we need to figure out. Well, and this is about this comes back to sort of a theme you've had on recent shows, which is Congress is not doing its job. And in the vacuum of Congress refusing to do its job, you have these crises in which we have to get answers, but no one's willing to ask the questions. And I think that Congress is starting to move. You know, Diane Feinstein and Chuck Grassley have quietly asked for more documents and a briefing from the FBI and from Attorney General Sessions. And I trust Diane Feinstein and Chuck Grassley to get into the details. And I think that the fact that they are trying to just kind of in a in a professional, appropriate way, start to look at this is good. The House of Representatives, I'm struggling with right now. I'm struggling with the House of Representatives. I would say that I appreciate not instantly jumping to make everything a circus, but the fact of the matter is that the House of Representatives has a long history of turning things like this into a circus, of turning things much less than this into a circus. Mm-hmm. And so I can't applaud any restraint when it what it looks like is genuine partisanship and hypocrisy. And I think my biggest issue and my biggest concern just sort of a source of confusion for me right now is even if you take the position, you know, sort of the, you take the party line that the leaks are the problem. In what universe is this still not his responsibility? Like in what universe are leaks and firings and people withdrawing, withdrawing their nominations, not a failure on your part? Well, he's also six weeks into his presidency. I mean, if I'm the president or uh, let's say I'm Reince Priebus, okay, and I've got this crisis unfolding in front of me and and maybe I think that all of it is as arguably the second crisis we've already had in six weeks. And, you know, Priebus is fond of saying all of this is bull, right? Okay, so let's let's assume that it is. Let's say all of it's bull. It's the fake news media genning up controversy for no reason. I still want at this point a special prosecutor to come in and prove that out to the country. Because the fact of the matter is, I'm not going to get anything done until I put this to bed. 
So I wish that if if this is truly all fine and just a bunch of smoke and mirrors, good, show us that. Have somebody come in. I think sunlight solves most problems, right? Mm-hmm. Let's just get honest about what's happening. Resolve this tension so that we can move on. When all you will do is stand in front of a microphone and insist that people are picking on you, it's very difficult for anyone to take you seriously. And that's where we are. I just don't, there's no credibility right now. And by sunlight, let me clarify, do you mean a campaign rally in Florida? I don't. I do mean the appointment of a special prosecutor. I okay. think an independent because that was their. This is, is apparently their approach: is we're going to have a campaign rally and launch our reelection campaign six weeks after we are elected by having this big rally in Florida, where I can yell at the news media and the leaks and pretend like nothing is ever my fault. If you're looking for a very quick salon quality but not salon priced manicure, Olive and June has you covered. We've talked about Olive and June's Manny system before. It has everything that you need for a professional manicure in one box. Salon grade tools, your choice of six polishes. Those polishes are gonna last you for seven days or more. The cost breaks down to about $2 a manicure. Olive and June also has press-ons if you want. What I love though, is that Olive and June each season is coming out with new colors. And I just got a set of spring and summer colors in quick dry polish. And they say this dries in about a minute. It seemed dry to me in about 30 seconds. It was not kidding about being quick dry. I also love the light colors in this set. There is a huge range. My favorite one is called Kitten. It's like a pinkish gray. The quick dry polish gives you full coverage in one or two coats. It lasts for more than five days and it is offered in more than 40 cruelty-free and vegan polishes. Olive and June just understands what's happening in our lives, that we need to move quickly, but we want to look great and feel great and have fun in the process. Visit oliveandjune.com slash pantsuit for 20% off your first system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E dot com slash P-A-N-T-S-U-I-T for 20% off your first Manny system. Just finished A Court of Thorns and Roses and craving another fantasy world to devour? Dipsy's got you. Dive into spicy enemies to lovers' tales or embark on an epic romance between immortal fae and sworn foes. They've got fantasy romance stories perfect for your morning walk, late night, or long bath. Dipsy is an app full of short, spicy audio stories. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. And there's a growing library of fantasy series with werewolves, Greek gods and goddesses, Regency era historical fiction, and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure. New content is released every week. So in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash pantsuit. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash pantsuit. Dipsystories.com slash pantsuit. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Can I get something off my chest? Every day I feel a little pang of sadness. Because I think about Griffin going away to college, y'all. He's a freshman in high school. This is not healthy or normal. This is why I have it on my list of things to talk to my therapist about. We all carry around these things, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us. Therapy is a safe space to get these things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. 
If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. You gotta get it off your chest. And you can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash pantsuit today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash pantsuit. So I want to try to find some rationale for that. I can't get my mind around this at all. So if I were a person who's convinced that Donald Trump is doing a great job, is exactly what the country needs, when I look at this rally that's scheduled, do I think to myself, well, he's got to communicate directly with the people and he's showing that he cares about the people? I mean, is that... And I'm not trying to be snarky. I really genuinely want to understand what the what this is in service of because I I don't see it. I don't know if I'm the best person to <laughs> can, can you not help me with that, Sarah? I'm sorry. I have a lot of skills um, applying. Let me tell you a story. When I first met my husband, I had had a boyfriend cheat on me, and I liked as I'm sure you are all surprised to hear, to ask anyone who would listen why this had happened to me and to help me understand why this person had cheated on me. Um, My husband and I at the time were not very close friends, but we ended up going to a movie together, and I thought, here's my chance. I'll ask him about it too. And he said, you're trying to apply, you're trying to reason with an idiot, and idiots don't understand reason. And sometimes... That phrase bubbles up in my mind when I try to figure out what the hell is going on in the Trump White House. Yeah, but I mean, I'm trying to put myself less in the mind of the Trump White House and more in the mind of an average citizen who really likes him, right? And who is really on board Mm -hmm. with what's happening, who really believes he wants to protect us, he wants to drain the swamp, he wants to put the power back in the hands of the people. As that person, I think... I still feel like I would think that it's kind of icky and weird that less than one quarter into his presidency, he's in campaign mode. Like, doesn't that feel like politics as usual? I completely get that they're doing this because he draws energy from it. This is what he loves to do, right? This is why he wanted to be the president. He wants to go around and have people validate him. Fine. But I I just I want to. I want to well, have not a more fine, nuanced but I get what you mean by that. Right. That, like, I, I accept that. <laughs> what? But I want, I really do want to understand if I'm missing something about how this could be a positive thing for the country. It, it Maybe if he had his full cabinet seated, all of the appointments filled, things are kind of up and running, this would make more sense to me. But I'm... I'm really having a hard time figuring out who thinks it's a good idea to do this while so many pieces are in flux. Well, and here's the thing, too. America, Joe and Jane Citizen, lose their shit when people put out Christmas decorations too early. Do any of us want perpetual presidential campaigns after what we just went through? Seriously? Anybody? Because I don't. And I like campaigns. Like... On the most basic level, can't we all just stand up and say, please, no, two years is long enough. Don't start this immediately as soon as we get finished. Like, I don't want to do that. (laughs) Not to be sort of whiny, but come on. 
I guess what it could be, Dante sent me this survey that took my breath away from the Trump-Pence campaign apparatus about how the media is treating the Trump White House. And the survey, which was a very long survey, had a lot of questions in it about whether the media understands and respects our movement And maybe that's what this is about, the sustaining of what they perceive to be as a movement. I don't know. I mean, I just I really want to figure it out and I'm struggling to figure it out. I usually can at least see where someone would come out differently than I can than I do. But I'm I'm just having a hard time with that in this scenario. Well, and here's the thing, too, is that I have to remind myself and the sort of the more I read about the White House that so often we think about we talk about it like what are they doing and what is their reasoning what is their strategy and I mean I know you're talking about the voters but I think so it's so important to remember is that what we really have and this is Donald Trump has openly advocated this style is we don't have one strategy we have people finding it out and Donald Trump on a whim deciding which way he wants to go and so you know, there is no consistent strategy or approach because what you really have is factions. And I don't, I mean, I don't know if anybody remembers, but a few weeks ago, <laughs> before the intelligence community started leaking like a sieve, I said, you can't, the, Obama had that approach because Clinton couldn't get anything done because of the leaks. And Obama came in and said, we're shutting it down. We're going to be tight. We're going to get it right. We're not going to give them anything to go off of because you can't get anything done. And these leaks are just indicative of, I don't think it's the, the bad management approach. I don't think there's an approach at all. I think it is, you know, Steve Bannon and Stephen Miller want one thing, and Ryan's Priebus and Mike Pence and Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan want another thing, and Donald Trump, depending on the day, Jared Kushner, who knows? Like, it's just this sort of, you know, I think that's so true. I read an article the other day that said Jeb Bush was more, or maybe Jeb Bush understood exactly how prophetic he was being because his brother and his father were presidents, and he probably understood it better than anybody up on that stage, that he was a chaos candidate, and he's going to be a chaos president. And I think that's exactly where we find ourselves. And I wonder to what extent anything good can come of that. There is, to me, some value in exposing the complexity of the federal government for everyone to take a look at and decide does this still make sense? But I hate that that's happening at what feels like the expense of our domestic and international credibility. Yeah, because I just don't think you can, you can't have real conversations about that in the middle of a crisis. I just don't think you can. I think people are too emotional, too much is on the line. People make bad decisions in that situation. It's also, I think, too close to such a brutally contested campaign. The other thing I was thinking about with the leaks, putting myself again in the Reince Priebus seat, I think that the best approach to dealing with this would be to sort of rally with the intelligence community and say, look, we believe in an orderly transparency, something like that. Right, where information that should reach the press reaches the press, but it reaches the press through the proper channels, and we have a unified message to the world and to the press. I don't like the punish the whistleblower mentality, although I think there are times when that's called for. This is just a real mess, though, to be six weeks in and to already have this happening. And I, I don't, I'm, I'm, 
some days I think maybe he should fire Reince Priebus and just do a total reset. And other days I think that Reince Priebus is probably the only threat of sanity happening in the West Wing. And and I don't know. Well, and I think what's abundantly clear is nobody has experience with governing at this level. It's just so clear. It's just so clear that nobody, you know, even Reince Priebus doesn't have this kind of experience. You don't get this, maybe you sort of get this experience running a state like Indiana, but not really. I think the person best positioned to be the hero here is General Mattis. Uh Uh-huh. And I think that the best thing that could happen for the United States of America is for General Mattis to walk into the Oval Office and say some version of, respectfully, sir, I will not continue to serve unless we get this shit together. Uh And here's what I think that looks like. Because I think that his service is his leverage point. Can you imagine how bad it would be for the Trump administration right now if General Mattis resigned? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I just don't I just don't think he has I'm not sure Donald Trump just has the best history of listening to reasonable people. I think the reason people will like Steve Bannon can prey on him and bend his ear and he responds is because I think there has to be this sort of ego-driven play. And you just, you know, there has to be sort of a, I don't know if cruel is the word, but definitely self-serving way you, you deal with him. And, you know, I don't know if somebody, I don't guess his nickname is Mad Dog. I mean, I just think that we think that if the right reasonable person walks in and appeals to him based on the reason, he'll respond. And I don't know if he would ever do that. I don't think that's how he responds. I don't think that's how you get him to listen or to do. Like, I used to sort of think that way maybe about Kellyanne Conway, but sister's gone off the deep end. Sarah and I have talked many times about our desire to age as gracefully as possible, and skincare is a huge piece of that. I spend a lot of time and money thinking about my skin, and I have added Ritual to my routine, which just gives me a lot of comfort. Ritual is here for us. They have created a wrinkle support skin supplement and conducted clinical studies, so we know it's working. They're taking the guesswork out of skincare. Ritual Hyacera is one of several Ritual products that I love. I take the daily multivitamin, I take a probiotic, and Hyacera is that once daily skincare supplement that is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. I recently met a friend for the first time in person as opposed to online. And we were discussing the fact that I am 43 and she said, I cannot believe how young you look. And I thought, thank you, Ritual, for that. Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash pantsuit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash pantsuit for 25% off. There's not much worse than a dry energy scalp. Also, when you get your hair colored and then it does not last as long as you and your stylist discussed, it could be that unfiltered, mineral-filled water is the culprit. Hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin, and about 85% of the United States uses hard water, filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered shower head comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered shower head. 
Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy Filtered Showerhead is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy Filtered Showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, our listeners can use code PANTSUIT at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Do you want a bra that's sexy or a bra that's comfortable? Thanks to Third Love, you can have both. Third Love was started to take all the frustration, ick, and ugh out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem, aka problems. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school, get smoothing you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. And they've even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit right. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get 15% off your order with code PODCAST15. I think the thing that I keep reflecting on is that no one around him exhibits any kind of ethic of selflessness. You know, Bannon is clearly about his philosophical agenda. Stephen Miller seems completely ambitious and about his own agenda. Kellyanne Conway obviously has her own angle. And I well, read a I would really... say you know what I would say about Kellyanne Conway at this point, since she's also been in the news that we can't seem to keep up with, is I think Kellyanne is selfless. In a stay with me here, I can never have everybody going. What I think she really does in a way want to has grown to like him or try to protect him, and at great personal cost at this point. I think she went from somebody who probably had a you know, legitimate career as a pollster. And I'm not saying her career's over and she's just going to go away and be broken. No, she'll, she can parlay this into stuff for the next decade. But I mean, I don't see her, I don't know how they, I don't know why they would maintain her as a spokesperson at this point. I think it's gotten personal for her too. There's just Mm -hmm. such a chip on her shoulder now because of, I'm sure the way that they were treated during the campaign. I can't even imagine the things that have been said to her, obviously the things that have been written about her. I mean, even before she had really lost it, Saturday Night Live was brutal about her hair and her makeup. And I mean, it's horrible, right? It's horrible to be in that position. But at this point, I don't see any clarity in in the way that she's reflecting on or communicating anything. No, she's her own worst enemy I'm, I'm at this point. And I just think what you're seeing right now is Trump... You know, we talked about a long time ago. I really liked a a piece I read about him that talked about how he is a zero sum guy, right? He's in real estate. It's, it's, I'm only winning if someone else is losing. And that's not how the presidency works. You don't have this enemy to blame everything on anymore. You had Hillary, you had your primary opponents, and campaigning is zero sum. Campaigning is, I only win if you lose. 
But the presidency and governing is not like that. And he can try to make the press into his zero-sum opponent, but I don't think it's working very well, and I don't think it will continue to work. And he, or the courts, or whatever, I mean, it doesn't, it's not like that. It's not a zero-sum game. It's complex, and I don't think that he has neither the capacity nor the will to shift and see and, and take a different approach. And winning is is not really available to the president of the United States Mm -hmm. because, and we've talked about this before, by the time something reaches the president, it's a, it's a situation where there isn't a clear answer. There's not a clear win. Mm -hmm. It's progress incrementally. It's management of crises. It's doing the work of the people's business every single day. And He's just not showing any capacity for that right now. And I know that there are people who really like some of his executive orders, and I can understand that. I, you know, I don't agree with all of them, but from a policy perspective, I get that there are people who applaud some of what's happened. The foreign policy aspect of this, though, I, I struggle with how anyone is not concerned at this point. And also just, again, the, the work of the government, we can't seem to get a cabinet confirmed. Mm-hmm. So Andrew Pudser has withdrawn from consideration for Secretary of the Department of Labor. It's unclear to me which of the many straws broke the camel's I mean, back on Andrew Pudser. It was Oprah. Oprah saved us. You know this, right? I I do, but I like I can't really believe that that's the world that we're living in. Where no, I just if want you, it to be the world we're living in. So I choose to believe that Oprah saved us from this man. So just to in case anybody doesn't know what I'm talking about, uh, that Andrew Pudzer has allegations way back in his history that he um, physically abused his wife. His wife went on Oprah in disguise in sort of an upper class domestic violence uh, episode. She has later claimed that that she was making it all up and that she wrote very emotional letters to the members of the Senate saying, you know, I made it up. It's not true. Uh, It was a huge mistake. I'm so sorry. But Oprah released, gave them the tapes, I guess, so they could determine for themselves. And that's why I have decided that it's all because of Oprah. (laughs) I just need a little Oprah in my life, Beth. Give it to me. Let me. Can a girl have something? (laughs) Well, I think probably the more Compelling information is that Andrew Pudzer has personally employed undocumented workers, mm-hmm. and a number of Republican senators started to express concerns at that point. And finally, it sounds like Mitch McConnell just realized that they didn't have the votes, this was dead, and they needed to move on. And if there's one mm-hmm. thing that Mitch McConnell is pretty realistic about, it's when a piece of legislation isn't going anywhere. That's that's yeah. his expertise, in fact, legislation that's not going anywhere, votes that aren't going anywhere. So Andrew Pudzer out. Mick Mulvaney for OMB seems to be in jeopardy right now because John McCain has said publicly that he won't support him because of proposed cuts to defense spending. And I don't know, like maybe we'll have a full cabinet someday, but it's hard to say. I would also, I said this on Twitter, but I'll, I'll restate it on our podcast. As we look to um, replace some of the people who re- um, have resigned or whose nominations have been withdrawn, in particular with regards to the National Security Advisor, if he appoints David Petraeus, who left, gave classified information to his mistress, I'll burn it all to the ground. I just, 
I cannot handle. I I could not handle that. I agree with you. Oh my gosh. So we got a lot of fantastic feedback. We got really great emails from Rose about Tom McClintock's town hall and from Brian about the issues of equal opportunity from Sarah about Yemen. Peggy wrote us about um, the, what should Senator, what should the Democrats in the Senate be approaching? How should they be approaching things? Sarah asked us a similar question. Jessica wrote us about due process. We've gotten a lot. We, we get all these great feedback. We're going to have to figure out either like another episode maybe, or if you guys have any ideas about how else we can handle feedback, because I don't think the news is going to allow for much feedback at this point. So we're, ma- we're, we're doing, I'm doing my due diligence. I copy all these things. I'm so excited to talk about them. And then he stands up and asks a black reporter to schedule a meeting with a congressional black caucus. And then what am I supposed to do? And MSNBC is reporting that Rex Tillerson is mighty unhappy with how things are going. He can't seem to get an assistant secretary of state in place because everyone that he wants to use said bad things about Donald Trump at one point during the campaign or has turned it down. So there's just a lot to talk about. And yes, we would love your suggestions. Thank you to the folks who have gotten in touch with us with suggestions about our upcoming book project as well. We're going to start working on that this weekend. We're pretty excited about it. And we'll be back with you on Tuesday for God knows what. Um. (laughs) And until then, we we as always want to thank all of our subscribers and particularly our all-star team of Melissa, Tracy, Tracy, Ashley, Audrey, Christine, Nicolette, Paige, and Sydney. We will all do our very best in this bizarre climate in which we're living to keep it nuanced, y'all. Thank you to our producer, Nicholas Holland, and to our chief creative officer, Dante Lima, for all the work they do to make Pantsuit Politics possible. And to all of you for making this community so special. Remember to like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Pantsuit Politic or Instagram at Pantsuit Politics. Please leave us your feedback and send us your ideas for show topics and Pantsuit Primers on social media, or you can email us at sarah at pantsuitpoliticsshow.com or beth at pantsuitpoliticsshow.com.